ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Friday, March 24th. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. For the next hour, we're going to get your text in. 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. Also on Twitter, you can talk to me directly. That is at Paul Swan. We got a lot to get into, as we always do. I remember yesterday from the text line, I was asked, what do I think about FAU making it to the Sweet 16? What's the new question today? What do I think about FAU making its first Elite Eight beating Tennessee? I did not have that game on my bracket. I also didn't have Gonzaga getting past UCLA. That cost me in the bracket. So this has been an amazing run in the uh, in the tournament so far. Don't you think if you love college basketball, you're going to love the tournament. March Madness, it's the best time of year for college basketball fans. I wish the herd could be part of it, but it's been fun so far. And yeah, how about FAU? This has been a program that has had basketball in Division 1 for like 30 years. One other time in the NCAA tournament and now just one victory away from getting into the final 4. That is amazing. If you're FAU, if you're Conference USA, you're going to be smiling right now. Sure, you're going to be losing a lot of teams. The Americans got to be smiling right now, getting a lot of good teams coming in. I think Conference USA was seriously underrated this year in college basketball, and we're seeing that with how the teams have been performing in the postseason. And with FAU, definitely the class of the league, getting to the Elite Eight. Can you imagine FAU? In the Final Four. Now, FAU's got to take on Kansas State in the East Region at Madison Square Garden on Saturday. Can FAU get past Kansas State? They will have earned it. They will earn their trip to the Final Four if they get past Kansas State because Kansas State's looking pretty good right now. How does that make you feel, though? As, you're, as a Marshall fan, how does that make you feel knowing that a team that you've had success against in FAU, in Conference USA, you've had a lot of good success against FAU, is now one win away from making the Final Four, and Marshall couldn't get into the NIT, lost its opportunity there, could not get past the quarters in the Sun Belt Conference Tournament, no postseason, and you look at a team like FAU, Marshall's got more fan support than FAU, right? I hear that. I see that. Facilities, I don't know if that stuff matters really. I think it's coach and you have a style and you go get the type of player you need to run that style. And I think FAU has been doing that. They're really good. They're legit. And I think the transfer portal is going to help a lot of teams like FAU become legit quick and this is the only platform this is only major platform where a team like FAU can make a run into the national championship game you don't see this in college football you do not see this in college football whatsoever even if the playoff is expanded Are you truly going to see an underdog like an FAU 
make it to the championship game? You might. But here's an opportunity. If Marshall really went all in on basketball, even more so than it does now, could you imagine what if Marshall really got the resources going and got everything in the place where you could make a serious run yearly and maybe find yourself in the Sweet 16 on a regular basis, maybe the Elite Eight on a regular basis as Marshall and have a legitimate shot and maybe now and then getting into the Final Four. Coming out of the Sun Belt, now the Sun Belt's going to have to do a lot more to get basketball into the proper shape. It's not a basketball league. It's a football league for sure, not a basketball league, but hopefully that's going to change. But yeah, ninth seeded FAU. They're 34 and 3 now, taking on third seed Kansas State. Should be a fun one. We're going to have that game and the rest of the Elite Eight coming up tomorrow. But we've got more Sweet 16 action tonight here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It's going to be Alabama versus San Diego State. That's going to tip at 630. And then Houston will take on Miami. 715 will be tip time there. And then Creighton will face off against Princeton. And then Texas versus Xavier. That's coming up tonight at 945. And that Creighton-Princeton game, that'll tip at 9. We'll have those games. It's one massive feed. Wherever the action may be is where we're going to be on our feed tonight. We'll start with Alabama-San Diego State, then get you to Houston-Miami. Back and forth between those games. There'll be overlap. Creighton, Princeton, and Texas Xavier, you won't miss us a thing. If you can't watch the games, we invite you to listen. If you're going to be in the car, if you're going to be out somewhere, you can take our streaming app with you as well. Just download it on your iPhone or your Android. You can go to our website to get those links directly at wrvc.com. So we are coming up on the Final Four. That's going to be next week, but we've got the Sweet 16 to finish and then – We'll get into the Elite Eight, all coming up right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. All of this basketball action, of course, brought to you by GoMart and Kentucky Farmers Bank. So we appreciate them sponsoring March Madness on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Also on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3. And 1340. And don't forget the Division II Men's National Championship. That's coming up tomorrow as well. It's going to be a 3 o'clock tip, 245. We're going to go to that game. We've got it here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is going to be an interesting one because Nova Southeastern, this is a team over the last two seasons, 65 and 1, facing off against West Liberty. Now, if you're not that familiar with the story, West Liberty used to be coached by Nova's coach, Jim Crutchfield. He left not long after leading West Liberty to the national championship game. He then took over a program that wasn't very good as now brought them to the national championship game. Faces his former school in the title game. Ben Howlett, his former point guard, now the head coach at West Liberty, both teams if you haven't seen them just yet, they're going to press the entire game. It's going to be like 100 points each. Should be fun basketball. And we've got that game for you. 2.45 is our air time. 3 o'clock tip 
here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Got to root for West Liberty in this one. Got to take the West Virginia school over Nova Southeastern. Should be a fun one. We'll get your text in, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. There's a lot of things happening across the board. Spring sports, Marshall soccer, Marshall softball, Marshall baseball, Marshall tennis, all of that. I've got a little note or two from a few of the coaches. Uh, I was busy earlier today. I was texting John Mercer, I was texting Ari Agnes. Talking to a few of the coaches, like, hey, give me some insight on what we got for you tomorrow. So uh, we will share all of that with you and get your text in as well. Again, that number is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. It's the Friday, March 24th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Let's go to the text line. First up, texter writes in and says, In some ways, the Old Dominion regular season game was the most important game in Dan D'Antoni's tenure. It would have been the first regular season championship and a berth in the NIT and a sure validation that his program was on the right track after the 2021 disaster. Dan D'Antoni most recently receiving a three-year deal. So he'll be with the Thundering Herd for at least three years. He chooses to use all three years. On the one hand, in the Sun Belt, Marshall was very competitive. But to be fair, Marshall had its opportunity to win the regular season championship, did not, so that all but eliminated Marshall from an NIT berth. That would have been postseason. That would have been progress for a lot of fans. And then Marshall had an opportunity to advance and the tournament did not did not win its first game so it was eliminated and so no more consideration there texter says why was the cbi not considered i gotta pull my text back up let me get you the direct quote here because after the nit was announced I text Marshall Athletic Director Christian Spears, and he was uh, very prompt in responding to me. And he said, when I asked him if any of the other tournaments would be considered, he said, we will not be playing in a pay-for-play. We are an NCAA or NIT program. That will be our goal. So disappointed for our guys. So many of those teams would not want to play Marshall. And that wasn't something that they just made a rash decision on. That was a decision that was come to before the announcement. So if Marshall was not getting in the NIT, the players already knew that they were not going to be continuing in the CBI. I'm not sure if I'm a big fan of the CBI. I like the aspiration of being an NCAA program and 
if you can't get into the NCAA tournament, then the consolation prize would be the NIT. Not a, a situation where you would, as he described, a pay for play. I didn't like it when Marshall was in the CIT a few years ago. I understand why Marshall did that. John Elmore was on the on the cusp of breaking Skip Henderson's all-time scoring mark. It gave Marshall a feel-good story. Marshall was able to host every single game, win that tournament. It was a feel-good story. Happy ending for Marshall basketball. Marshall got to put up a banner. The players got to win a championship in a tournament. It was a feel-good story. We all felt good about it. We like John Elmore. We still like John Elmore. No regrets there, but I don't think that's going to be the standard moving forward. It's going to be NIT if you don't get into the NCAA. And I don't know if that's really something that came down from the league because the league is serious about improving basketball, improving the reputation of the league, improving the quality of the league. And I hope that Marshall is going to be on the forefront of that. Marshall has a strong opportunity here to be very good in the Sun Belt for years to come. And I don't know if the CBI does anything for you. You pay to play some games. I don't know if that really benefits Marshall basketball. Sure, if you're a fan, you want to see the team. Honestly, if you're a fan, you want to see the team play. That's the consideration. You want to see Marshall play one more time. Texer writes in, Are you serious? Selling a kid on going to play basketball in Huntington, West Virginia? Or Boca Raton, Florida? Really? I'm from here, but it's a hard sale. I I don't know if you can compare the beach to the sandy shores of the Ohio River. I get that. If we're comparing shorelines, sure, the beach is going to beat the sandy shores of the Ohio River. That's why you need to build the program. Honestly, if if it's selling the program, here it is. It's FAU. Boku or Tone. Why isn't FAU the best football team going today here? Great location. One of the top football programs in the country because, hey, you can see the beach from here. I mean, same thing with basketball. I think a lot of things factor into it. Of course, if you're just saying, look, Marshall basketball will never be able to compete because, well, it's Huntington, then shut the program down. Let's forget this. Turn it up. Turn the lights off. Just turn the lights off. Save the electric bill at the Cam Anderson Center. Cut the salaries here. Let's not play basketball. That's not going to happen. So, make the best of what you can do. Build the program. Find reasons why Marshall is a good fit for a kid. I mean, do you guys think that Huntington, West Virginia, is the reason why Marshall University can attract athletes? I mean, if you're comparing the beach to the beach, okay. I'm going to go to Boca for the beach. Sure, love hanging out on the Ohio River, but the sandy shores are not the same. Text line, any info on women's basketball coach? 
Nothing's come out yet. I think we'll get something next week if it is Kim Stevens. If she is the target, and according to the president of Glenville State, that was Mark Manchin yesterday. He was on Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kirchville. He said that Kim had received an offer, but I think they're going to have conversations with her, find out what she wants to do, and make the offer, of course. I think Glenville State will try to counter, try to make an offer that would entice Kim Stevens to stay if, in fact, she is considering and ready to take the Marshall job. Give her a couple of days because it sounded like, listening to him, she was upset that the information got out. That was released earlier this week on Twitter, and it was implied that she didn't want that information out just yet, so she was a little upset about that. Of course, Glenville State was in the hunt for a national championship at the time, so I don't think anything has changed. Uh, We're just going to have to sit down and wait for this one. All right, text line. Conference USA was strong this season. They only got a single bid. Okay, plus two teams in the IT. The Sun Belt is and will be, for the foreseeable future, a two-bid league, one each in CAA and NIT. The CBI isn't ideal, but it is more exposure. So how much exposure is the CBI? Does the CBI give you that much more exposure or is it a platform for Marshall basketball fans to watch more Marshall basketball? How many of you are tuning in to the CBI? How many of you are tuning in to the NIT, the women's NCAA tournament, the NCAA tournament? All eyes are on the NCAA. There will be some eyes on the NIT because it has a little bit more prestige than the CBI. ESPN's pushing women's basketball heavily. That's its product right now, so you're seeing a lot of push on that. I don't think you're seeing much exposure on the CBI. You would get some exposure based on the fact that Marshall's playing, so we would be talking about it, but I don't know how much of a a footprint that you're going to get nationally from being in the CBI. Texter is uh, writing in and saying, I'm half and half on the contract extension. It would take an act of great prestige to get the D'Antoni name away from Marshall for something new. Looking forward to next season, go Herd. Here's the the reality. Dan D'Antoni won the most games as a head coach this season at Marshall University. Dan was one game away from winning the regular season championship. Dan, if successful in that last game, would have had a conference championship. Regular season. So, Tavion's gone. Andrew's coming back. Can Dan replicate that success? That's the big question. Can he replicate that success and go forward? Will there be more of a push to utilize the transfer portal, use that, and 
a way that's going to supplement what you're trying to do? You know, are you going to be able to develop your roster? There are so many questions. I get it. I get it. But if you let the coach go now, if you want to make a change and you let Dan D'Antoni go now, he just led Marshall to one of its most successful campaigns in a long time. Didn't end the way you wanted to. You didn't end in a championship in the conference, either in the tournament or the regular season. Came close, I know, close but no cigar. But it would have been a bad look to part ways with Dan D'Antoni after having a successful season, which he got a one-year evaluation. And I know Mike D'Antoni is a huge supporter of the Thundering Herd program. I know that Kathy D'Antoni is on the board of governors. I did watch the vote. She recused herself. Of course, she's still part of the Board of Governors, so I know there are conversations being had. I don't know how much she's really saying, what she's doing, but ultimately there were other people who voted as well. Athletic director, program, wanted to keep Dan D'Antoni, so he's got a three-year deal. He gets to leave on his time. Do you, you show him the door? Do you show the coach who won you all these games in a bounce-back year? Do you show the coach the door, or do you give him a few more years? 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. And, of course, if you show him the door after having such a successful season— I, just, I think that's a bad look. I think that's a bad look. Here he is, the only basketball coach to take Marshall into the NCAA tournament and win a game. And at the same time, we've seen other coaches try and fail. So Dan's got a leg up on a few of these coaches about this. But Push that aside because I'm not living in the past. But there was a rebound year for Dan. He was on the verge of winning a regular season championship. We're all disappointed in that. I get it. Marshall did not end the season well. Can Marshall rebound and have an even better season next year? And will Marshall be able to advance the program, grow the program, Develop players, recruit the talent you want, bring talent in from the transfer portal. I mean, these are all going to be valid questions. These are going to be valid questions we're going to ask over the next few years. And if Marshall has a terrible season, then what happens? If Marshall has a great season, justified. You can't look at this as, okay, it's going to be static, because I don't think it can be static. Marshall's going to have to put more effort and emphasis into making basketball one of the premier sports at Marshall University. Plain and simple. The opportunity's there. It can be done. And I don't think you have to live on the sandy shores of uh, the beach in Boca. I think you can get it done with the sandy shores here of the Ohio River. You can tell me what you think at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More coming up on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. 
This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday, March 24th edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. My name is Paul Swan. We do this every Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You can also listen to the program at your convenience. We podcast every single show. We post that up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast is where you'll find this edition of The Drive. Let's get those texts in. Again, that number is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We had an interesting question about how difficult it is selling a kid playing in Huntington, West Virginia. If you're comparing Marshall and FAU, why is a program like FAU, a program that's competing for 30 years now in Division I, one previous appearance in the NCAA tournament, now one win away from getting into the Final Four, a program Marshall's had success against, a program that doesn't have, I'm sure it's growing, but doesn't have a rabid fan base showing up and mask numbers. I mean, go to a game at FAU. It's not exactly going to be a huge crowd. That's probably going to change. Success will will definitely push that forward. But FAU in Boca, it's an attractive destination. So someone asked me, Basically, how do you recruit against that? How do you recruit? If you're trying to entice a kid to play basketball in Huntington, West Virginia, and the options are the beach, the beach in Florida, Boca Raton, or the sandy shores of the Ohio River, I think you gotta you got to play to more than just location. If that's the case, what kid's going to want to come and play for Marshall University in winter, in fall and winter. Huntington, West Virginia, Boca Raton. Huntington, West Virginia, or Boca. Where do you want to be in October or November if you're a kid, right? If that's the only thing, that's the only thing that really matters. Uh, No, it's got to be a lot more than that. So we'll take your text, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. 8255. That the number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive. Tennis is on the road this weekend. I talked to John Mercer earlier. The tennis team is going to be taking on. And the difference with tennis and the Sun Belt is actually there's league matchups. So you've got a game on the road. You're at Georgia State on Saturday and then Troy on Sunday. Uh, the weather's going to be an issue, it seems. So uh, they've got 10 a.m. matches both days. Georgia State's team that's been struggling but did beat Southern Miss a couple weeks ago, had a close match with Coastal Carolina. Uh, Troy is 8-4, and four, had a 4-3 win at Southern Miss, so they're pretty good. Marshall should have the depth to compete with them, however. So tennis is uh, doing well in the Sun Belt so far. Also, don't forget, we've got softball coming up tomorrow. Sunbelt play at home for the first time. It's going to be Marshall and Southern Miss. 
you've got a doubleheader on Saturday and then a single game on Sunday. Early, early mid-morning game on Saturday. And then you got baseball on the road taking on Old Dominion, traveling to Norfolk to uh, take on um, Old Dominion and Sunbelt play. So first pitch is set for 6 p.m. That is coming up here shortly. And then they've got the Saturday and the uh, Sunday contest as well. And then spring soccer. A couple of matches coming up the next couple of days. Spring league for Marshall on Saturday. The men will face off against Xavier. That's 2 p.m. And then the women are playing Kentucky on Sunday. And that's going to be 5 p.m. Both at the Vet Hoops Family Field. And don't forget, in the middle of all this, there's volleyball. The Marshall women's volleyball team has a spring match with Fairmount Fairmount State. That is Saturday, 2 o'clock at the Henderson Center. If you haven't been yet to see volleyball, this is going to be the first match on the new TerraFlex floor. If you haven't seen it, it's a volleyball-specific floor that goes over the basketball floor. So now Marshall actually plays on a volleyball floor that's going to be a lot better for the athletes, hopefully for everyone involved. I know some of you have not seen the photos yet. Some of you have. It's different. Nice and television-friendly looking. I think that's the reason why that black trim is so prominent. It's very television-friendly. So, busy weekend. You've got options. you got softball. You have soccer. You have volleyball. And, of course, if you are following afar, you have baseball. First one coming up tonight for the Herd against Old Dominion at 6 o'clock. We'll get your text in, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More coming up on this edition of The Drive. It's ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's our final segment of The Drive for Friday, March 24th. Plenty of time for you. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. I will add from a text earlier asking about if there's any information on the women's basketball coach talking about Kim Stevens. I can say this, though. Metro News reporting that the president was meeting with Stevens today. I'm sure that meeting has taken place at this point. I wouldn't have an outcome just yet to tell you, but I'm sure that there will be a decision sooner than later if she would take the position at Marshall University or if she's already in her mind accepted that, that position and then Glenville State maybe making a counteroffer to her. And that, of course, is... Um, Moving past what we already know is, according to Glenville State's president, yesterday, Kim Stevens was offered the job. She has received an offer. Now we're waiting 
if she's accepting that offer. And so if she's accepted the offer, we will find out sooner than later. If she hasn't accepted the offer, I'm sure we're going to find out sooner than later anyway. So we'll keep an eye on that. I don't know. We might have a presser on Monday. We might have a presser on Tuesday. Who knows? If it is her, though, it should be it should be fun to see what she can bring to Division One level. And with her style of play, it could be some fun basketball on the women's side. And what is exciting me the most is that women's basketball has received a lot more attention at Marshall University. If this wasn't a story that was potentially broken earlier this week, would we be talking as much about this? Or when a name was announced, would we all find out together and then maybe go, hey, that's a good hire? But instead, we talked about this a little bit more because it's a good good job. It's an interesting name that came up. And, of course, you have a coach that has brought a national championship to Glenville State, almost made it to her second straight national championship game, fell short. I don't think this the whole process was a distraction. I know that's been implied by some, inferred, that this whole process may be a distraction. And it could be. If you're looking at a job at another school while you're coaching your team, trying to win a national championship at your current school, and then all of this comes out, yeah, I'm sure this could be a distraction as well. But I don't think WVU is in in play here. I think WVU has its eyes set on a coach. I'll leave it at that. I don't want to get too far into that. Text lines 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. A couple of things before we uh, call it a night. Don't forget, we've got basketball coming up tonight here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. NCAA men's tournament continues. Alabama, San Diego State tipping off at 630. Houston and Miami will tip off at 7.15. And then Creighton versus Princeton at 9. And Texas versus Xavier at 9.45. So that action is coming up tonight here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. NIT. Have you been watching the women's NIT? I think I might have to now. Bowling Green State University basketball player Eliza Brett. She was struck by University of Memphis player Jamira Schutz while the two walked in a handshake line following Bowling Green's 73-60 win in the Women's National Invitational Postseason Tournament. So Schutz has been charged now. This isn't professional wrestling where you can just uh, walk up and punch someone outside the ring here and it's okay. This is, this is real this is basketball. You can't just punch. There's no two-minute penalty box here to put the player in if you punch someone. No, you you go to jail possibly for a while if you do something like that. But it wasn't just a, a fight on the court. It was the handshake line. Once you get to the handshake line, it's over. you got to put all of that aside. I don't care what you're feeling. You feel bad. You feel mad. You feel sad. 
shake the opponent's hand. Good game. Be respectful. But no, there was a uh, a short little little conversation and altercation there. Interesting. So uh, I'm gonna have to watch a little bit more of the WNIT see if this is gonna happen more. You never know. Someone else might get punched in the NIT. Speaking of sports, where you get punched sometimes. Uh, NCAA hockey regional semifinal, Ohio State defeating Harvard 8-1. to That's a big deal because Harvard had a legitimate shot of reaching the Frozen Four. So the Ohio State Buckeyes continue. And if the Buckeyes should make the Frozen Four, we're going to have those games for you on our sister station, Cat Sports 93-3 and 1340. Bill Cornwell, our news director, was sending me updates all day today. He was watching that game. Look, I like a blowout just as much as anybody, but he beat Harvard 8-1. to one. At some point, you might want to flip the channel and watch another game. From our text line, have you heard of any other coaches Marshall is considering? No, I haven't. The only name that has come up is Kim Stevens. I think it's first best option. I don't think that Marshall has pursued other candidates, or if Marshall has, there hasn't been a leak. And it seems like Kim Stevens, if true, is going to be the next coach at Marshall University if the reports were right, because she's the coach that's got the offer right now. So if if it doesn't work out and she doesn't accept the offer, then I think we're going to find out if there are a couple more candidates. But we do know that she's received the offer, and I think it's um, the ball's in her court now. Off the record, I've heard that – I've heard it two different ways. One, I've heard that nothing's final yet, and then I've had a couple of people infer to me that, yeah, it looks like it's a done deal. It's all – I have. That's all I know, really. I cannot 100% commit to any of that. But I've heard the same thing you've heard. I've heard the same rumblings, rumors, speculation. Yeah, I can't just go out and put my finger on it and say that's definitive. I'm not at that point yet. But I haven't heard any other names. I do know she's got the offer. So if she doesn't take the job, then we might find out if there's some other uh, candidates out there. Because she seems to be the natural fit. She seems to be the perfect candidate for the job. Up-and-coming coach into Division One from Division Two, Very successful. Makes perfect sense if you're going to take your first Division One job. And to be honest, if you're going to take a job moving from Division Two to Division One, I, I think Marshall's a better fit than WVU. Only because you're going to be in the Sun Belt. I think you're going to have an easier time doing it than going right into the Big 12 and trying to compete. With that said, that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.